Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is back in session. With me, as always, is the man who is rumored to be the first downloadable character in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Mr. Drew Celestino. Man, that roster needs work. It does. <laughs> if I'm getting included, that's not good. No, man, you'd be a great addition to the cast. Sure. Be a little, since I mean, since they can't have Wolverine in there, ah, they can get you in there. Little little ball of hate in there. Sure. Yeah, a little little ravaging. You know. Do I? Can I do the tornado claw? Can I do that? Sure. All right. Cool. We'll even give you the weapon X. I'm okay with all this. Yeah. How's it going, sir? Woo. <laughs> You um, you have a problem with impulse control, don't you? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm usually pretty good. But um, well, spoilers as, for the opening statements. We'll just cut right to it. Sure. How was your week? Oh, uh, it's been a whirlwind week, man. So let's back up before we get to right here, right now. Uh. The week was basically predicated on getting the party prepped at my house. Yes. So uh, that requires a whole bunch of work and full marks to um, to the wife for making uh, a lot of things happen. Um, Lord knows I would forget more than half the things that she remembers to do to get the place, you know, ready to go for a, a big, massive endeavor hosting 40-some people at your house. So, yes. Um, so... Getting all that taken care of, mowing the lawn, washing the windows, vacuum, shampoo the carpets, uh, put things out, get ice, uh, get make sure the bar is stocked, make sure the food is ordered. It's, it's a lot of work. I, as you know, enjoy entertaining. Yeah, um, likewise. Julie is not is very much not a fan of that time right before the party starts no it's high stress You're- because i become what is known as pre-party carl in which everything needs to be done a certain way ah. which is my way and if you don't do it my way i'm gonna get angry i understand so well that's more pre-party jen i'm a little more free form because i'm like we're gonna be partying no one's gonna care and nine nah, times out see, of ten, that's where I agree with Jen because presentation is presentation counts for a lot. It does, it absolutely does. But at the same time, it's like once once drinks are flowing, like who cares? But having said all that, um, party worked out great. So everything was good, food was good, drinks were good. Uh, good. That every, was a good time. Everything was very 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 good. After uh, after you left, things escalated to a fun degree. As- so. As they tend to do. Yeah. Wish we could have stayed around longer, but baby is baby. Baby is baby. I understand baby completely. It's all good. Um, so that was great. I had a great time. Sunday uh, rolled in. Kind of, I kind of kept the party rolling to a degree. Um, unintentionally, my uh, my aunt texted us and said, like, hey, uh, adults only gathering at our house today if you, like, if you guys want to come over. As in, like, no kids. No, that, no bringing the little ones. That typically. So. Um, so basically, uh, my aunts, my uncles, um, all my cousins, Jen and I, we all went over to my aunt's house. She has a really nice sprawl, uh, heated pool, jacuzzi, just a big little impromptu gathering where, you know, drinks continued to flow and, uh, 
food was good. Family was good. My grandma made it out, which is really cool because she doesn't get out too much anymore. So it was good that she got to she got to get out and hang, get some family time in. So uh, that was awesome. So now we're kind of catching up to the uh, task at hand, which uh, brings us to yesterday, where I woke up. That's yesterday, Monday. So many things. Oh, hum. That, that's actually foreshadowing for my week. Okay. So Monday's Monday, right? You go to work yeah. and you're like, oh, here we go again. I don't hate Mondays. I don't hate... Because everything has to have a beginning. I suppose. So I don't I don't begrudge Monday for simply being a beginning. That's fair enough, I guess. I, I don't begrudge... I hate Thursdays. Why Thursday? Because you're, you're afraid to go. Monday's the beginning. Yeah. It's got to be there. You know... Tuesday and Wednesday, you're at the middle, you're done, you're right, you're past the middle, you're ready for Friday, but no, you got to go through Thursday. See, I'm, I'm completely ambivalent on Thursdays. So, Monday rolls around, and it's not that I hate uh, my my place of employment, because I don't, they're awesome, actually. It's just Monday, like, you know, I, I, especially after the weekend I had, I, I could use a little extra, little extra time to kind of decompress. So, I go into work Monday morning, and I'm, you know got some things to do i got some web stuff to uh get up onto the internet so clients can be happy which i do in the first couple hours that i'm there but in that first couple hours that i'm there i get a inauspicuous email from uh nine inch nails and it says here is a specially generated code for you to purchase tickets to a show at webster hall in new york city tonight and i was like wow drew where do we live Buffalo, New York, which is across the state. <laughs> yes, and what a lot of people may not realize is that New York City is not a quick jump. No, that's a six and a half hour drive. Yes. Um, so I was like, wow, that that's cool that they're doing something, un- an unannounced c- club show. The club that they announced this for is like a 1500 capacity venue. So it's not big. Um. So I was like, "Wow, man, that's awesome! That would what a what a experience that would be." And I told my best friend who lives in New York City, who happened to be online, and I was like, "Yo, man, I just got this email with this Nine Inch Nails presale code for the show, this unannounced secret show tonight. You you should go to this." And he was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Dude, look, the show I saw in uh, 2014 was one of the absolute greatest concerts I've ever witnessed in my life by any band. Period. Nine Inch Nails was incredible." So I'm like, if you can go to this, man, you should go. And he jokingly just kind of goes like, you know, man, you know, if you got in the car right now, you could make it too. And I was just like, ha, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. Wait a second. Math is math. So what ends up happening over the next 30 minutes or so is he gets a ticket for himself. Because uh, he ended up getting his own email with his own generated yeah. code as well. So now we have, there's two codes between us and the opportunity to purchase tickets between us. So he has his. And I'm like, you know, maybe I could make this work. <laughs> so I asked my, I just, hey, I just asked my boss. I'm like, listen, man, this is a ridiculous question. But if I were to, like, leave here a little before lunch... And take tomorrow off to go to the show. Would that be cool? And he's like, is everything you're caught up on caught up on? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, go. I'm like, okay. So I'll get back to my desk. 
try to get tickets with I try to get tickets with the code sold out already Aww. gone. I'm like, oh, because I was like, you know, like, am I really doing yeah, this? Or like, am, I, am I really? Am is I? We good? This is gonna happen? Emotionally, I'm you know I'm getting all pumped up. I'm like, am I really? You do a little Smokey and the Bandit eastbound and down, right? So for about five minutes, I'm like, ah, uh. my friend though is like, hold on, I'm gonna try using my code because I guess he used mine to get his. It's, yeah, it's, it's complicated, but he's. He's going through the steps again, yeah, yeah. and he's like, yo, I got one right now. Give me your credit card information. I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> credit card gets dispensed. Like, How quickly you dispense with the information? Oh, very quickly in this case. So, yeah, I got a ticket to this Nine Inch Nails concert in New York City. So I woke up in Buffalo, went to work like any like any other Monday, yep. and within the first couple hours of my morning, my day took a radically different trajectory. Yes, it did. So... Then it's a matter of, well, do I get in the car, drive the six and a half hours into Manhattan, into the East Village, find a place to park and go? And, you know, time-wise, it wouldn't be ideal, but I would easily make it. Yeah. And then my amazing wife says, I have a bunch of points on our JetBlue card. I'll, do you want to just, just get a ticket to fly you there and get you a flight in like an hour? Uh, flying to New York is awesome. So it's like... It's a 45-minute flight. This is just wonderful. Well, the flight is awesome. It's it's the aftermath. It's a, it's a pain. So, yeah. Flew in uh, JFK? Flew in JFK, yeah. Uh, yeah. JetBlue Terminal 5. JFK um, is ain't no thing. in and of itself. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, within within an hour of leaving my office, I went home. Hour, within 20 minutes of leaving the office, I run home. I get my work clothing off. I throw crap in a backpack, in a, in a backpack grab my switch, of course. And uh, call Lyft, go to the airport, and I am off to New York City. I land at like 2.30-ish in the afternoon. It takes me a good hour to get into the city on the train because it's a good hour train ride from JFK into the city. But uh, I get in there. I meet um, his wife at uh, the MoMA, and I hang out at the MoMA for a while and check out some cool fine art pieces because I'm cultured like that. You are. You is the smart. I'm so cultured. I can culture the crap out of you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, basically it works out to where she gets out of work. I enjoy a little, about an hour and a half of fine art appreciation. And then uh, we hit um, the East Village. We go to the best dumpling place in the city. And ah, saying something. gorge ourselves on, on delicious steamed dumplings. Pork and peanut. Oh my god, the peanut. Oh my god, the peanut dumplings. Anyway, so good. So, we're full, we're good, we're happy. On to the show. I am, again, I woke up in Buffalo, went to work like any any other day. Yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden, I am in New York City, about to witness a uh, incredible performance by a band that has no right to be playing a venue of this scale, at their scale, anymore. But size of the venue compared to the venues you saw Metallica in, in Toronto? Yes. It, it was about the same size, yeah. the smaller venue? Yes. Okay. Tiny. So I walked in. I'm just like, this place is a lot smaller than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be out of control. And um, lo and behold, it was absolutely out of control. It was one of the greatest shows I've ever, ever, ever seen. Amazing. Nice. The set was fire. Amazing set list. Just, I, oh my God, I could not believe the stuff that they played. So, just incredible. And being, you know, that close and the crowd was 
amped up. Like it was, it was just kind of a free for all, and it was well, like yeah, eighty five degrees in the, in the outside in the summer in New York. So inside it was real hot. Yeah. So it was just a sweaty mess in there. Yep. But everybody went. <laughs> it everyone, doesn't matter who no. used dial. Dude, no, no, no. But man, it was uh, it was it was just all, all those people that were at this show. Are, this show was not on sale to the public. This yeah. was, this was an invite only kind of deal, like I said. And so everyone there was there for the you know everybody was pretty dialed up, and it was just a magical, magical show. Like everybody was 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 into it. Um, the set was great. The performance was great. Everything was fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, I went uh, we went back after after the show, went back to his place, crashed, well, washed up a little bit to try and get the gallons of funk that have <laughs> accumulated on us over the course of the evening off. Um, I, really weird, man. I, uh, I, I did not sleep well, and I had, I had one of the most vivid and horrific dreams in recent memory. Really? Yes. I'm not going to go into details, but needless to say, it was one of those times where i wasn't sure if i was awake or or dreaming it was like that oh, level yeah. and like it was really really messed up and it freaked me out and that was uncool anyway woke up this morning left with them uh, they were going was, to work was it a recreation of the uh, the scene from pulp fiction in the basement of the pawn shop no you were the gimp and, no sir no you know, it was much weirder wario was the one <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. It was very. It was. I'll, I'll maybe I'll tell you about it sometime. It was. Just, it was a super strange. And the reason why it's so. Uh, I only. I only bring it up because it was just. It was one of those like, literally full yeah. body. Full body. Am I awake or am I not awake? Like when you need. When you wake, you need to ad- adjust to reality. Yeah, like because I was. Cause I've it, had a couple of those. It took yeah. place in the room I was in. Like that's where it was all like happening, mm-hmm. and like. I swear, I in the, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, you know, if you if I like was screaming in the middle of the night, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, you weren't. But I thought I was because yeah. it was that level of like I couldn't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. Anyway, uh, so I'm I'm on I'm on a little bit of sleep right now. Uh, we went out this morning. They went to work. I had to fend for myself. I made a quick pit stop to the Nintendo World Store because I have to do such because, a, a because like you do exactly anything good. I did not buy anything good for me, but I did uh, have to hook a hook up hook, hook up the wife with a, a new tank top because unfortunately Nine Inch Nails did not have any uh, tank tops for sale. So uh. he told me to get her one. They did not have any. She's like, "Well, okay, never mind." So I had to find something to uh, show mm-hmm. some appreciation. So brought back a little something for her. And uh, then it was just a straight shot to the airport, breezed on through everything, sat down at the gate 10 minutes before boarding, got on the plane, got back, took an Uber home. I've been home for about an hour. <laughs> so, so more or less, uh, when I was texting with you earlier, that was literally walking in the door. And uh, here I am now, back into reality on a Tuesday after my Monday excursion, a one-day excursion to New York City. Uh, that I will never, ever, 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 ever forget. But wow, what a weird set of circumstances the last couple of days have been. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. That's awesome, though. That's kind of like something you know you hear about famous people or rich people doing and whatnot. And you, uh, what what went for it? What was that mantra that we've been that I've been trying to espouse? Uh-huh. Life is short. 
Buy the concert tickets. I thought it was life is short, so am I. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> I don't like to say that one. Yeah, life is short. Buy the concert tickets. And that was just kind of ringing through my head. How many times is this going to be a thing that I'm going to be able to say, I can? I went to this Nine Inch Nails show where they played for yeah. 1,500 people. No, that's true. I, I, I had to do it, and I made it happen. So bucket list, call it whatever, however you want to demarcate it, but I made it work and made it happen, and uh, I'm I'm still giddy over, over all of it. It was incredible. Cool. Yeah. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, before I get into my week, I think it's very important to send out uh, a congratulations and well wishes to friend of the show, one-time guest, Mr. Michael Hoffert. Hoff had a big week. Hoff had a, Hoff had a bigger <laughs> week than both of us put together. Um, Mr. Michael Hoffert uh, not only just recently purchased a home with his... Uh, dear, dear, I don't want to bury the lead on this, uh, but dear friend, uh, Chelsea Miller. Dear friend. <laughs> it's a special lady friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Neri had they been living in the home for 48 hours before Mike went and did the old drop down on one knee and proposed. Chelsea said yes. So, grab well, awkward. She didn't. <laughs> At that, that would have made, you know, it's tough to sleep on the couch you haven't unpacked yet. Um, but congratulations to Mike and Chelsea on your, first off, your new home purchase and uh, now your engagement. We wish you all the best from us here at the Devils. Do That's not all. He also got a dog. He did. I saw that today. He got a dog. See? And he, they have a cat. It's... Dogs and cats living together, mass, mass hysteria. hysteria. It's, it's just not right. <laughs> a dog, a, pick one. You don't get to. You don't get to have communism and democracy at the same time. Pick one. Sure you do. Um. So yeah, that was that was Mike's big week. Just figured we uh, we throw that in there. As far as uh, my week. I uh, had your party, which yeah. was a blast. Yeah. A lot of fun. Good. Good food, good, 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 good. people. Um, I did much better at Can Jam than you did. Yeah. I was, I'm not, I I'm was not, heckling. I'm not made for sports, man. It's, it's not Can Jam. It's, it involves a physical throwing motion. It's just not meant to be. <laughs> um, so that was a good time. That was uh, Saturday night. Sunday, we did very little. We just had chill day on Sunday which I'm sure you can appreciate. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but actually, was it Friday night? No, earlier in the week before your party, I watched a great documentary on Hulu called Doomed, oh? the story of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. I've heard of this documentary. It is awesome. You need to watch it. Do they have interviews with like cast and crew? Whole cast. Wow. Yep. Cast, crew, director, screenwriter, everyone. No one like there were numerous. You know, we attempted to contact Stanley for this documentary, but he declined to be interviewed. We attempted to contact Avi Arad for this documentary, he declined to be interviewed. Oh man, so, I would hope that someone would show up with some kind yeah. of anecdotal just story. Just kind of embrace it. Yeah, it, like, it exists. It it is what it is. It is still the best Fantastic Four movie that's been made. That's 
right. I I I think we I might we probably talked about this before. I think I said it before. Its heart was in the right place, and it, you you could argue that it got more right than the other movies yeah, did. It's got, you know, okay, just doing like a side by side comparison in my head. The thing was better in the Roger Corman movie. Doctor Doom was better in the Roger Corman movie. Fantastic Four costumes themselves, they, yes, they were off the page in the Roger Corman movie, but they were kind of like Spirit Halloween store yeah. off the page. So keep we'll, in give, mind. we'll give that one to the to the other one. Sure. But keep in mind, this movie was never really meant to be released, released. Which came as a surprise to the cast and crew. They all thought it was getting released. And, like, the story of what they did to promote the film yeah. afterwards is really interesting i'll have to check it out all all i remember seeing from anything from that movie was in wizard magazine that was it yeah it's um it's on hulu the documentary okay uh doomed the story of the roger corman fantastic four i would highly recommend that so that was earlier in the week and then we had your party and then i'm just checking the text message Uh oh to get the day right okay so you know how you were just talking about a concert? Yeah. Sunday, I get a text message from my friend Brian, who mentioned last week, and like we did the wedding invitation party with him, Yeah. and he was on the show, um, gets a text message saying, hey, my boss just offered me a couple tickets to Guns N' Roses. You want to go? And I was like, yes, I do. Hey, look at you now. Yeah, look at, and I was, you know how we were just talking last week? Just you, were, like, you, know, you were on the fence, but now. I'm like, I'm like, how much are the tickets? He's like, you know what? You're doing a lot for the wedding. It's on me. It's like, okay, that price is good for you. Is understandable. I would, well, not understandable is a bad word. Um, that price is acceptable. <laughs> I hope so. It's nothing. I was sleeping like, you know, literally 10 minutes before we started recording. You were. So the, you were. Had, the, had the boy sleeping on me, which not for nothing is the best thing in the world. <laughs> when the kid falls asleep on you, it's just, it's great. Um, so, yeah, August 16th. August 16th. I'm, I'm going to see Guns N' Roses. Where are your seats? Don't know. They're Kay. free, so it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter where they are. It's just free. As long as you're there. Ticket. All right, man. Take it I in. I'll watch them on big TV, so be it. Um, who's opening? I don't care. Okay. Okay. I'm going to see Guns N' Roses? Fair enough. Yeah. I guess it's, I, yeah that's really all you need. I'm just curious yeah. if they have a, a big gun act out with them, too, but cool. But, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know who's opening. I'm hoping that I haven't heard anything on this current tour about them reverting to their old ways. I've heard they've been very good. Start time no, around no. nine o'clock, and then you know, nope. the opening act doesn't start till like one in the morning. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think it's all uh, they're they're getting getting this uh, this train's arriving on time. This night train. Ah 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 ah. See what you did there. That's <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be awesome. Going to be a good time. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much my week. Killer. So yeah, uh, dear fans, dear listeners, dear friends, if you would like to tell us about your week, if you'd like to send any questions to show, if you would like to send any comments or suggestions to show, we always want to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to us at the following social media outlets. 
You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can go to the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you at the Devil's Due Podcast.com. And Drew, in between the time we started recording, and now we have gotten an email. Oh my God, look at that. Jay is back in the game, Jay folks. Jay Gelsamino. After a two week absence, Jay was at the party. Was he? Yeah. Did he show up? He showed up. Oh, I missed It was Jay. great. It was fantastic. How how sober were you at this time? Still reasonably sober. Okay. All right. I didn't hallucinate Jay being there. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're implying. Okay, so Jay's question to us. Drew and Carl, if you could replace one comic character with the ultimate warrior. Wow. Promo skills and all, who would it be? Okay, let me think. Who would make who would the warrior make much more interesting? Um You know what? Let's just go for broke here. Just because the dynamic would be out of control and I'd be curious to see how they'd bounce off of each other. Robin Buddy, <laughs> you're okay, but I want to see how Batman would take teaming up with someone as incoherently insane as the Ultimate Warrior. Robin, he's, he's get, not, get the car. We're going to get the car from parts unknown, <laughs> kick in the cockpit doors, and the pilots are already dead. It, all of this. All the warriors. Yes, I want to see that interaction happen. I'm going to say Professor X. Okay. Because imagine him teaching (laughs) young mutants. Sure. (laughs) He could teach them about uh, uh, whatever his concept, uh, Destricity. I don't know. The warrior's a lunatic. Your powers come from beyond where the warrior hails from. (sighs) Wow, he did it. Um, Although, to be fair, having the warrior warrior in charge of a a, a disenfranchised... uh, youth culture that has allusions to other um you know possibly uh oppressed or spit out let's just say the warrior and like you know homosexuals aren't exactly on the same page so maybe the Mm. x-men who can be kind of analogous to civil rights and to gay rights and other again together other oppressed people maybe the warrior is not the best uh, person to put into the mix to advocate for them. I, I I don't know. Maybe. That's why you just, you know, as Alan Waiters has taught us, sometimes you just got to sit back with a bucket of popcorn and... Just watch, watch, watch the world burn? Watch it burn. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun, though. <laughs> okay, so Jay's question for you, um, I, I guess this is something I missed at the party. Okay. Um, it says... Baths, showers, or photo bomb or power bombs into a pool? Question mark. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'll take the hot shower every time. <laughs> power bombs into a pool? Overrated. I I saw the video, sir. That that was not a power bomb. You saw the second video. Oh, okay. Apparently, someone missed the first video. There of was the a, power there bomb. Was a proper. Oh, power bomb? a three man power bomb. Oh, okay. Did uh? I'm guessing. Did your back hit the water 
on an angle or flat? I flat back the, the water, <sighs> but uh, I, I did hit the bottom of the pool. Oh, ow. So ow. there is that to contend with. Like how hard? The water that? broke the fall. Yeah. But I did touch bottom. Okay. So, you know, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, give me the hot shower. I, I much prefer that. <laughs> much prefer the hot shower. Oh, God, the shower was so gross this morning, dude. I saw the the the, 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 the <laughs> in the drain. Was it, there a ring afterwards? Oh, there might as well have been, dude. The water was filthy coming off of me. I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe that. That's so gross. Burn these sheets. Um, I I I'm just gonna say the last time I had to use the facilities of your house, I was very disappointed in the lack of Zima. <laughs> in the uh, you gotta, I was, ho- you're, you're I was hoping to... to kick back with a with a nice chill Zima. Uh huh. You have to talk to Tim Book about that yeah. one, Mister uh, Mister Zima Lever himself. Yep. Okay, so Jay's question to me: If Alan bought you a switch, a <gasps> working lightsaber, and twenty four hours to sniff Harrison Ford, would you actually let him win once in a game of X Wing? Wow. I think Jay's kind of confused as to who I play X-Wing with. Um, Alan has yet to play X-Wing oh. with me. Um, if he were to play, I'm not going to let him win. But what if, would you let him win if he, go got, with, if he got you a Switch, a lightsaber, and, and some, some quality time with Harrison Ford? That's a pretty good deal. It is. <laughs> but then there's integrity. Integrity is overrated. <laughs> um, I let me put it this way: I would not let him win. Air finger quotes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I would. I would fly a very weak build against him. Okay. To better his so chances. You'd set him up for success, but you can't necessarily guarantee he's going to succeed. Yes. Okay. Fair yes. enough. So yeah. So there you go. That's how serious games are to you. Thank you, Jay, for those questions. And actually, that X one question leads us into today's show pretty nicely. It does. It does. We, we got some stuff to cover before that, but uh, we have a very special guest on the show today. Um, but we will we'll get to that when we do. But first, as cross examination is done, it is time to get to the case files, the news of the week here on the Devil's Do. We got some stuff to go over. It's the week after Comic-Con, so it's nothing, you know, earth-shattering. Some new stuff has come to light, though. Some new stuff has come to light. So, I guess I, I want to... Let's get it out okay. of the way. I'm going to lead off. I'm, I'm staring at it, so let's yeah, get yeah. it out of the way. That Watchmen show. Yeah. Not quite as a done deal as we thought it was. Yeah, well, they said it was in development. And in development can mean such a myriad of things. Sure. But, yeah, a story came out earlier this week that uh, David Lindelof has nary met with HBO about Watchmen. And not only that, he said that if he were to do a show, he would want to stri- he would not want to strictly adhere to the comics. Well, he said he's debating what the proper approach would be. And when we talked about this, I kind of said the same thing, like... Maybe doing the slavish adaptation isn't what it needs right now. Yeah. Maybe it is time to get someone kind of a fresh look at it and figure out what what's the best way to make this work now. Yeah. In a way that's not going to come off as cliche or boring. 
because like like you said, Watchmen has kind of been ripped off by a lot of stuff yeah. since its release, and to keep it fresh, you might have to kind of spruce it up a little. And I don't mean spruce it up in the way Zack Snyder spruced it up with yeah. dumb action and uh, you know silliness, missing the point of the original. Anyway, let's not let's not uh, beat up on old Zack. Uh, so yeah, I. I yeah. You know how you know how I am with Lindelof in general. Yeah, on the fence due to uh, lost tearing my heart out. Anyway, <clears throat> so would you say now that you're kind of at a point with it where you're like, I'll wait till I see a trailer. I have to wait to see what the intent is. I guess I, I don't really have much of a opinion. Again, I've I've run the gamut with Watchmen so many times to where it's like, you know what, dude, the original work is the original work and it's it in its in its form it is as perfect as it can be in that form yeah adapting it honestly doesn't need to be done and i i don't really i'm I, i'm kind of over worrying about it being done justice or not because the original is always there and it's it's perfect as it is yep and you can't touch it there's also something to be said though for doing an adaptation that's like okay we're going to do 12 episodes each episode's going to be one of the issues, sure, and that's going to be it. It's one thing to say that; it's another to, to do it and see if it works in that format. Because it has to work as a sh- like. I want if they're going to do that, sh- if they're going to do that kind of idea, that kind of show, I want the show to work as flawlessly and seamlessly as the book does. And when you're doing one medium to another, that's not necessarily going to be the case. Yeah. You got to because now with a comic book again with comics you you have you are not at the mercy of any sort of time you're at the mercy of the reader's time how much are they going to gloss over a panel how much are they going to invest in dive in dive into every nook and cranny of that panel on TV or movies you're moving across time so you the the creator are are t- are deciding what to linger on what not to linger on so. That's what I mean, where I, I think uh, if you're going to adapt it, you might have to take some liberties in order to get the story told in the best way possible for television. So if you have to change a few things or, uh, you know, speed through stuff or or linger longer on other things to get that message across, even if it diverts, I'm okay with that, but it, I want it to be as tight and as perfect as the book. It might not be a one-to-one comparison because they're not one-to-one mediums yeah so yeah okay so be interesting to see what happens totally i'm, I'm curious i just let's let's see how let's see what they what they decide yeah uh, let's see okay so <laughs> you're snickering that's always a good sign because we we have a couple uh snicker worthy you know what? I'm just going to jump into it. Okay, let's go. John Cena is going to be in the Transformers spinoff movie, the Bumblebee spinoff movie, a.k.a. Money, the movie. John Cena. John Cena! How can John Cena be a movie star if do, nobody do, can do, see him? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, in other words, the Transformers franchise continues to... Uh, double down on its uh boston uh uh hunk leads i guess huh 
I think the only thing that they could do to make you hate this movie more yeah. is put Roman Reigns in it. Well, that's a guaranteed way to make me hate basically anything. Um, what if they cast Roman Reigns in Watchmen? Who would he play in Watchmen? Doesn't matter. He's not much like, of an actor. Let's just put it that way. Um, we'll say Dr. Manhattan. Oh, we'll God. go the full... No, I, I I don't need to see any more of Roman than I, than I already see. Much you don't less need all to see Roman's reign? No. All right. No. Nope. Um, sure. This is like so... This entity, Transformers spinoff starring John Cena, just saying that, yeah, yeah. is everything that is wrong with Hollywood. <laughs> To be fair to Cena, he is been he has been trying to get a foot in, foothold in Hollywood a little bit. This is quite the platform for him. Yeah, but it is a little. Yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. I ugh, whatever. I I I'm not gonna see it. I'm, I'm not gonna see it either. It I is mean, rather hilarious unless though. It's like, like streaming on something and no, free. Even then, I <laughs> no. Um, that's, that's bizarre to me in a way, but, um, I did read the synopsis of what they're going to do in that movie though. It takes place in the eighties. Do you know that? Great. Do you know what else about this movie? What? Bumblebee's a, a bug again. Don't care at he's, this point. He's a VW bug in this movie. The only thing. How does that make sense? Why is the, he a Camaro later? The only thing. What is happening? That would get me to even consider spending money on this movie is if they did like straight up 80s in robot mode straight up 80s and he talks and because he doesn't talk in transforms he's essentially you know r2d2 that's ridiculous yeah um Uh. and it would have to like they would have to do a lot to get me to plop down money for a michael bay transformers movie well, I don't think as Bane you are with G.I. Joe, I am a Transformers. That's fair. That's I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, yay. I, so I whatever. need to see like know. the mini Viking helmet robot mode. Yeah. Bumblebee. Can he transform into Goldbug later? I, I don't like... It's, it's so <laughs> frustrating because there are so many Autobots that are more interesting than Bumblebee. But... Are they as marketable? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, Ultra Magnus. You're, you're, someday your turn will come. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking like original, like season one. Okay. Tra- uh, Autobots. I mean, why Why is Bumblebee the central character? Why isn't Op- you know Optimus Prime central character? Even though he murdered his character at this point. Uh, He's the central character of all these movies. Well, he's the central auto, the central transformer in all these movies. So it's like saying, honestly, well, huh, I, I'm sticking my foot in my mouth here, and here's why. I was just about to say, why give Wolverine a solo movie when the X-Men movies are just basically Wolverine movies anyway? But they gave him three of them on his own. So yeah. never mind. I take so. it all back. I take it all back, Hollywood. You <laughs> know everything. What do I know? Yeah. So, I'm sure that will be a colossal car wreck to watch. Ha! Car wreck. See what I did there? Yeah. He's a a car. So, earlier in this week, (laughs) it was also, we got our first look at Domino for Deadpool 2. Yeah? And I like, 
I kind of like the way they did it because of like they were parodying the Deadpool reveal for the first film, the which was a parody on the carpet itself. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if you notice, it's not like the tiger carpet; it's Deadpool. Uh, oh, like yeah. They're doing like a thing. It's like a deflated. I see Deadpool. So yeah, um, saw the picture. Okay. Um, I get. Like we were talking earlier before the show, this is not a sacred cow character, so not changing really. the appearance. Sure, I just kind of wish that the the spot around the eye was still black. I agree, and I see what they're going for because they cast a, a, a you know a black actress to play her. Yeah, which so is they, fine. No, that, I don't, yeah. dude, totally cool. But they flip maybe because of that, like some clever Hollywood guy's like, we're gonna flip her color scheme because. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I see what you did there, but it makes her look kind of normal. Like, she just looks like a normal woman who happens to have vitiligo on her eye, which is an actual skin condition. Yeah. And that's okay, I, I guess, but it doesn't make her look like, you know, I don't know. We're talking about movies with Deadpool and mutants and Colossus in it. Do we really need to kind of ground this character into, like, a more realistic appearance? Yeah. I, I don't know. Especially in a Deadpool film, which is just, like zany wacky crazy I mean, don't get me wrong i'm all in for another deadpool movie the first one was freaking amazing we're just we're you know it's, it just comes down to us being costu- costume visual purists i guess like, yeah and i mean domino's never really had much of a costume no but just her signature thing is is the is, black eye yeah the black oval around the yeah it's fine no it's cool i I, I see what they're doing and uh if it works cool go for it i guess we're we're nitpicky so it's nitpicky as hell i pick it's all good so rumor oh rumor rumor that not only is bat as ben affleck staying with batman oh but he has signed on for a trilogy of Batman films. Really? And rumor within the rumor that they are developing a Batman Beyond movie. Now I don't believe you. Yeah. that word. I would have believed you about the Affleck trilogy with Reeves. But that little icing on the cake with the Batman Beyond development yeah. is like, you didn't stop. No one's, no one's doing that. I think um, you know Warner Brothers probably backed up the money truck to Affleck. You know. An extra little money truck that the rest of the league doesn't know about, probably. Um, Which is fitting because you know Batman, rich. Yeah, you know, y- you know. So they probably got him to stay because you know they. Who knows? They might have listened to our show and listened to me while I said, "If you lose Affleck, that's the body blow. That's <laughs> that's what's gonna you're gonna reel a little bit from that." Yeah, um, but, but but we don't have a conf- we don't we have no confirmation. There's on this. The, it's a rumor. Rumor. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. I'm not going to throw it on the dumpster fire, but it's in yeah. the it's it's in the kindling pile. It's in the kindling pile. So the, let's get some confirmation on that before we commit. Yeah, the Batman Beyond rumors. Yeah, that film is never happening. No way. That that's too unbelievable. That film probably should have happened 20 years ago. To me, it's such a high concept, honestly, that you're never going to sell an executive on on releasing that as a film. Yeah. There's no way. There's too many considerations to make that work. Clint Eastwood, though. Makes such a good Bruce Wayne. Like Michael Keaton, though, I mean, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, but like Clint Eastwood. Yeah, like, but if you people want said that about Dark Knight Returns. And, I know, I know, I know, I know. But 
I'm looking at, I'm air quoting, continuity is what yeah, I'm looking no, at. Yeah, no, I know. No, as I've said before, if you're going to do a straight up Dark Knight Returns film, my Batman is Ed Harris. I can see that. That'd be, that'd be interesting, yeah. actually. And my Joker is Christopher Walken. Wow. Batman. Batman. Darling. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to see that now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I never kept count. I wait no Joker's line was I never kept count I never uh, kept count I did I know you did and I love you for it <laughs> anyway so some really some really great news here oh yes yeah, not so much for you you're not going to care oh much. Um, they have announced for Flash season four okay that Danny Trejo. We'll be in season four. All right. Going to be playing a villain. Anytime we can get more Danny Trejo in anything is a good thing. I would not mind going out to Los Angeles and visiting Danny Trejo Donuts or <laughs> Danny Trejo Tacos. Now, see, that is a celebrity food chain I can get behind. Because <laughs> it's, it's Danny Trejo. That's and right. You'd be scared and, to, like... Well, I just, Danny Trejo hears all, so speak not ill of him. I will never speak ill of Danny Trejo, and he's way more likable than, than, than Mark Wahlberg, so... <laughs> Mark Wahlberg didn't make Machete. <laughs> he wishes he did. That's right. So, yeah. So that was announced. Also, it was announced that the DC character Elongated Man is going Ralph to be Dibney. in Flash Season 4. I love how the CW-verse, as it's come to be known, embrace it. They don't... I'm not going to say they don't care about the big three, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman... But they can't touch them. So they... They they embrace everything else. Yeah. Like, you've got... On one show, you have Green Arrow, Mr. Terrific, The League of Assassins, Rachel Ghoul. Another show, you've got, you know, The Flash. They made... They took Vibe and made Vibe a cool character. Vibe, huh? Yeah. What a power set. Um, Ladies love them. They've tweaked the power set a little bit. Oh... Um, but he's got the costume. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you can't. And it's just they're they had the Justice Society. I I respect the, I, I respect that approach. They've like, done a good Jonah Hex, which which Hollywood couldn't even do. No, Thanos couldn't even do it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Very cool, but no, I'm sorry. You were saying before I no, I'm just saying like I appreciate uh, when you when you when you're not when you can't rest on the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman crutch, you're forced to get creative. Yeah, good, good. Look how much more there is out there. There, go like, for it. I would argue that DC's bench. Oh, is a little bit deeper than Marvel's. Hmm. No, I can't get there. I think they're on. They're they're both they're because both pretty like, deep. It, for one reason, we don't like Marvel is just constantly throwing their characters out there, like trying to find space for whatnot. Which is, I think, it's good to keep the characters in the public eye. But DC doesn't really do that with a lot of their. Um, older characters more golden age inspired characters whatnot so i really like that these shows are are embracing them yeah 
no, it's, again, it's it's a super cool approach, and it, it goes to show what you can do when you aren't allowed to touch certain things. Yeah. And again, once again, they did Gorilla Grodd. Something that George Lucas never learned. Limitations lead to creatively good decisions. Yes. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, that was that. Now we have to talk about something sad. Oh. But not, it's, it's sad, but, you know, happy for... Whatnot. It was announced yesterday that voice director Andrea Romano will be retiring um, from doing voice direction. Now, your pro- folks, some of you know, some of you may need a little help here. Basically, if it's a cartoon that you've enjoyed starting around the time of DuckTales going Ooh. forward, Andrea Romano has mo- most likely been responsible for the voices in the show but the thing she will be known for the most is uh batman the animated series if she gave us kevin conroy and mark hamill then that she deserves a place in some hall of fame somewhere she gave us the voice the definitive voices of batman joker not only that and again, some people know, some people don't. A little, little bit of trivia here. Mark Hamill was not the original voice cast as the Joker. I've heard this before. It was Tim Curry. Yeah. And they had actually had like three episodes recorded with Tim Curry. And then like Mark Hamill being the huge animation nut that he is, really wanted to get in on this and ended up doing an audition. He did the Joker and the rest, as they say, is history. So they replaced Tim Curry they replaced Tim Curry. Have those episodes ever no. seen the light of day? No. That footage is... I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere out there. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, so she's done countless... She did all the Bruce Tim Paul Dini shows. Cartoons. Okay. So Batman, Superman, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Um, any number of Cartoon Network shows she's responsible for the voices for. Um her it was always a pleasure getting to watch her on the behind the scenes featurettes of the DC animated films because most of those she was the voice director of as well and just hearing her talk about the process and the respect she has for that process um i would highly recommend there's an episode she she did an episode of the nerdist i would highly recommend going back and it's an older one find it listen to it it's such a great episode also if you're digging through the nurse archives the uh the robert paulson and maurice lamarch maurice lamarck yeah lamarck episode the guys who did the voice of pinky in the brain ah. um and robert paulson did the voice of yakko in animaniacs and to this day he can do the country song <laughs> they did that on the show that was his first take Wow. He did that on his first take. And they're like, we, I guess we should get a second take just in case. But like, <laughs> and he could do it from memory anytime. You got a gimmick. Stick with it. So, yeah, definitely sad that she's not going to be out there anymore, but happy that she gets to enjoy the, the retirement she has definitely earned. I guess I'm, it'll be curious to see what future animated projects sound like, and then I, we can all judge. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 they're up to snuff or not. Well, mostly from what I understand, Bruce Timm still has his hand in most of the DC animated movies. Mm. So the one-offs that they do are still pretty good. I'm 
They they've never like made one where I've been like, oh god, this is terrible. Mm. They're still like they're better in the Marvel animated movies. Yeah, Marvel's non-existent. Marvel's although Marvel was strong in animation for about two years, and then yeah. they jettisoned it. There's like some, a lot of random animes out there. There's like there's like a Black Widow and Punisher anime. Yeah, I, I don't watch any of these. I, I don't, yeah, they're not. I don't need I, them. I watch. I was like, meh. But if you need if you need some good Marvel in your life, Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes was. Oh God, that well, was it was amazing. It was on the level of Batman the animated. Series. And then they just flushed it. Yep. Oh. They not only did oh. they flush it. Not only did they flush it. They replaced it, it with an inferior show. They replaced it with another Avengers show that was nowhere near as good. Yeah. That, oh, man. This, uh, yeah. Silly decisions. Silly decisions that, blech. yuck. Yep. Anyway. So, I think that's all the news we have. Um, Is there anything you can remember, sir? No, I think you've covered it all. Um, oh, it was announced today that uh, production has officially begun on Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right, They cool. announced it with an amusing little video that shows tiny little actors' chairs <laughs> for <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's going to be fun. That's going to be exciting. I like yeah. I liked Ant-Man a lot. Um, no, all I have is... Uh, all I got... That is of interest to me anyway. Uh, Nintendo actually came out and confirmed that they're going to take pre-orders. On, well, not them, but retailers will be taking pre-orders on the SNES Classic at the end of yeah, the month. Yeah, you and Alan have kind of gone through a little yeah, emotional we, roller coaster. Well, we were part of the, we were we were in on the Walmart deal, and if you don't know what that happened, what happened there? Walmart had them available for pre-order. Alan and I each got two, and then over the weekend. People started reporting that they're, they were notified by Walmart that uh, it was a mistake on the website's part, and they were going to be can- orders are, were being canceled. Alan and I, our orders were still good. We didn't get any emails until about midweek. Then we got the dreaded email, and then after we got the dreaded email, we checked our accounts, and our accounts they were. Hey, there's my order. It's still there. Still says processing. Still good. Still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, was kind of like that. And, uh, alas, by the end of the day, the order was officially canceled. So, thanks, Walmart, for your online ineptitude for getting our hopes up. However, um, yeah, Nintendo, who really is not under any obligation to confirm or deny anything, did come out and put a statement out today saying, uh, retailers will be taking pre-orders at the end of the month, and at the time of, on release day, they're going to send a huge initial wave out there to get them out in people's hands mm. and then another another big wave at the holidays mm. so in other words for all 40 people that want it you will be able to get it and for the rest i'm of, sure there's more than more than 40 are you sure i yeah. don't know the rest of us will be spending 500 dollars on ebay <laughs> you know so anyway i don't know they said they're going to make more than, than they did than the any and the uh nes classic so if that's true then it might be a little easier to acquire one of these things so we'll we'll see it's okay, and just Fingers think of the year you get to go through all this again with the N64 Classic. I, you know, no, no. Drew, we are men of action. Lies do not become us. If Nintendo comes out with an N64 Classic, you're going to buy it. I'll try to get one, but I'm not going to jump through hoops to get one. The SNES is the one that I will, I'll do tricks like a seal to, to get one. So, 
Dangle that fish. <laughs> I'll clap. I'll roll I'll around. the ball on my <laughs> That's nose. That's right. <laughs> Just give me the SNES classic. Soak it up to my veins. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's all I got. That's it. Okay, cool. Um, we have we had originally planned this week to uh, do have an interview and uh, then do a retro review for Daredevil Comics. Uh, things got a little bit changed uh, because Drew got to go see Nine Snails, and that's cool. That's fine. It's also fine because that interview that you were about to hear is pretty lengthy. It, so- it ran it ran a little over, uh, but you know, like and it I. Still, it, I don't like bringing good conversation to a close. No, never, 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 never short your guests. So yeah, so we're going to. This was recorded last week. We're going to play for you now our interview with uh, Tim Bailey, aka Krabbuck. And if I remember correctly, I did a fairly good lead into this. So we'll do, to ex- explaining the stuff. So we'll just let the interview speak for itself. All right, man. Here you All go. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we have a guest in the courthouse this week. Now, a lot of people might have noticed over the past couple months, I have been talking a lot about X-Wing because I have gotten into the X-Wing game. What Drew predicted would happen when I started getting into the X-Wing game has pretty much happened. I've gone full tilt into X-Wing and folks... Come on in. The water's fine. This game is incredibly fun. So I'm really excited about our guest now because our guest is more or less responsible for getting me into X-Wing. Uh, we we do not shy away from our passions here on the show. Every now and again, someone says to us, well, you're a Daredevil show. I'm like, yes, we're Daredevil's kind of our hook. That's how we get you in. But we're never going to shy away from talking about our passions. You know, Drew's passionate about beer and professional wrestling, fine crafted beer and good Japan professional wrestling. And we both share a passion for board games. And this gentleman's videos on YouTube that we have on the show right now. Um, I started watching them and they're high quality and they just kind of got me in a little more and then a little more. And then next thing I know, I'm buying an X-Wing corset and just tumbling down the Sarlacc pit deep. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Tim Bailey. Tim, welcome to the courthouse. Hi, God. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's a it's a great thrill to have you here. Uh, like I said, your videos uh, kind of got me into X Wing. Uh, my wife, not your biggest fan, because she looks at <laughs> I can the, imagine. She I looks imagine. at the uh, the bank statement. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's just it's just one ship a week. They're cheap. They are pretty cheap. I actually have a store near me. Um, I play a lot of my games at Cool Stuff. Um, they they have a big web store, but they also have some brick-and-mortar stores here in Orlando. And uh, one of the things that they do for a lot of their tournaments is instead of paying a fee to play in the tournament, you can optionally you can just buy an ffg expansion or an ffg for those who don't know is the fantasy flight games the company that makes the x-wing and armada and destiny and all these star wars based games Uh, so you can basically buy one chip and that counts as your tournament entry fee so i tend to think of it as like a door prize so you're you know if because other places usually you pay 10 bucks or whatever to play in a tournament for the day and that counts as your entry fee but this way you, you know you kind of get to keep your entry for you get to bring it home with you so that was one thing that helps yeah that's a pretty cool way of doing it 
way an easy way of growing the uh, the armada as you will Oh yeah, it's it's a great way to, to to get you stuff. The problem is that when I first started playing, I, I did kind of what you did, and as I I said, oh I you know I want to you know I'll just get a few things here, and then it was more and more and more and more in here, and you know and and before I knew it, uh, I was buying like four of every ship, and and then you know at a certain point I was like, well I don't need anything else, so I don't, but I don't want to just pay. You know, so I, there was a point where I was actually buying stuff as a tournament entry free, and then just giving it away to people. Because I'm like, I don't want to just pay ten dollars and not get anything. I'd rather at least pay, you know, eleven ninety five and get an expansion and you know give it to somebody. You know, yeah, it's a good way of doing it. So yeah. we're definitely going to get into X Wing, but let's start at the beginning for you. Um, I can tell, and anybody who's seen your videos can tell that not only do you do you have a passion for X Wing and Star Wars, but you, you see off in the background there sometimes uh, just some some board games in general. Uh, how did you kind of get into board gaming? What was kind of the hook that brought you in? Well, the funny thing is, uh, it, it's the other way around for me. It was X-Wing that got me into tabletop gaming. I used to always be just a PC gamer. And, well, I mean, I started off with, like, Nintendo and, and, and all that you know, all the consoles and then I eventually led to PC gaming and kind of split back and forth between those. But, uh, my big thing was, um, EverQuest, EverQuest 2, actually, the, and I, I started raiding and, and becoming like a hardcore raider. I got really big into, like I was playing that I was on the computer 24 seven at work for like a, a couple of years. I used to play at work even. And like, I would, you know, have the whole minimize it when the boss walks around. But yeah, I, I was, I was crazy about, about that. So I, it was all PC gaming for me. And then I started to have kids and then I could, you know, I could play that less and less because a lot of the games that I was playing required you be on, on, you know, online and available 24-7, or close to it, and, like, we had call lists, like, if a dragon would spawn, we all needed to go kill it before somebody else killed it, we, I would get calls at 3 in the morning to wake up, and, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, <laughs> it was hardcore, I mean, we, and I was good at it, too, like, Sony actually, Sony Online Entertainment at the time, who, you know, produced the game, they actually flew me out to Vegas for one of their fanfare conventions, and um, and that's where my name comes from, too, because my, my name in EverQuest 2 was Krabuck, and that's where, that's where I came up with the, the handle, and that's the YouTube channel, and, you know, and, and all of that, that's where it all came from, because sometimes people ask me that, um, but so I got so into that, and then I eventually started getting out of it little by little, um, I, I eventually threw in the towel and quit playing that, and played Star Wars The Old Republic when that launched, um, and then I had another kid, then I stopped playing that, so then I'm on two kids, and I'm barely raiding at all anymore, barely playing PC games at all, and it's like maybe like 8 or 9 o'clock at night after all the kids are in bed, and, and the house is quiet, I'll play for a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and uh, and, and so little by little I could play less, I have three kids now by the way, so it's even less time for, for PC gaming or any kind of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but I do a little bit now with uh, with them. But but so what happened is I I was sitting around one time and uh, it's it's hard being an adult um, if you live somewhere and you don't have maybe I don't know like a connection to people. And I think X Wing and board games and stuff uh, it, it was it was the social aspect that I was really missing because when I grew up uh, playing like Nintendo sixty four and Mario Kart and Golden Eye and stuff you had couch multiplayer right four yeah. four player split screen and you played with your buddies and and that was a truly great multiplayer experience because nothing says you know 
satisfaction like gunning down you know three of your friends with a rocket launcher in a, in a little room and you can like see the look on their faces yeah so or if you manage to kill someone with a club they're just astonished that you were able to land enough hits Oh yeah, or they get frustrated because you found all the mo- the remote mines and just you know mined the room that had the rocket launcher. In it. Right? <laughs> exactly. But but yeah, so so I, I really missed that. And one thing I started to not have in in computer gaming and online gaming was that sense of I don't know that sense of camaraderie. Uh, you know, because you were just you know you you log on to like let's say Quake or Doom or some kind of for, or, or Call of Duty actually probably better. You know, you can go online and you play with some people. And I mean, I'm getting older now. I'm in my late 30s uh, but you know like I, I can't keep up with these kids anymore and I, I used to be great and I'm not quite as good I'm starting to slow down a little bit and and then I'm just getting tired of hearing you know some 14 year old you know express vulgarities at me and stuff like that you don't even know me dude yeah. you know yeah no uh, I, I totally understand because I'm I'm gonna be 40 this year and oh, wow congratulations my, thank you um, and and I have a my wife and I have a one-year-old so, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from because, like, my video gaming passion has always been fighting games. Um, oh, okay, like okay. Street, like Street, Street Fighter. Fighter is my all-time favorite video game. Okay. Uh, you know, I love competing in tournaments and everything, but to be competitive in tournament, you have to devote serious time to it. And from what I understand is, is you see, it's getting even more and more complex. Like you have to, the amount of time you have to put in to stay on top of your game oh, is exponentially yeah. increased. Yeah. If I wanted to be a tournament level competitor, I would have to play minimum three to four hours a day, minimum. And you yeah, having kids understand that that is not... Uh, You'll find yourself staying up to two in the morning just to get your time in, and then you're a zombie the next yeah, day. You're no good to your wife. You're no good to your kids, and just it doesn't. And then you're in a bad mood, and it just it, it becomes toxic. It becomes really toxic, and then you start to re- resent the the hobby that you once loved because you're like now it's become a job. You know, yeah. And that's what even, happened with me. Even with worse, request. even worse, you start to resent your kids. Oh yeah, taking that time away from you. So like, I still play. I still go to tournaments, but I'm just cannon fodder tournaments. I I go for the interaction and the people and whatnot. Yes, and because you have a mutual love of this of this thing of this you know this medium, and and you you know you can talk to people about stuff, and maybe you're not competitive as much, but you still have so much in common with them about the hobby. Yeah, I, yeah, it's so I totally understand where you're coming from in that. Absolutely. So, so what happened is one one of these days I was getting kind of lonely because of you know I, like I just I didn't feel like I wasn't in a raiding guild anymore and I didn't I don't live um, in a in my hometown anymore because I was in the army after high school and I got out and moved to Orlando. I was originally from a different part of Florida, but I don't you know I, don't, I just I didn't have any friends and uh, at least local friends and it's hard you know to for like a, a guy in a in a new town to make friends unless you like are forced I, it seems to me like that women tend to make friends easier at least in my experience um because a lot of guys at least my age are very standoffish about other guys they don't know and it's uh and, and it's and it's kind of it's kind of a bummer you know like not all guys are that yeah. i've come to find more but but it helps generally, you find the common language it definitely does. It also helps if you have been to maybe work with people your own age. I was working in uh, in a lab with a lot of older people that are at least twenty years older than me, and so while you know we were friendly, we weren't going to hang out outside of work. It was just wasn't that type of relationship. Yeah. Um, 
And so if, you know, if you're in school, you know, if you're, or if you're going to college or whatever, you're, you know, you're going to be forced to be in a situation with people, maybe in your age group or whatever, and you're going to develop friendships that way. But I wasn't at the time. So, uh, I was sitting at home watching, uh, YouTube and I came across this video. Uh, Will Wheaton was playing on a show called Tabletop. I and, am very familiar with and, that. Yes, and he was playing X-Wing, and I was like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. You know, what, are they playing a board game? on? on You're going to watch somebody else play a board game? That doesn't sound like fun, you know, because I've never enjoyed being a voyeur. I'm not even really a big fan of, like, Twitch and stuff like that. Um, I, I am starting to understand the appeal, but I'm not a big fan of it personally. Yeah. But so that's so why I decided I'd sit down and watch this and their commentary and the models. I was like, Oh my gosh, it reminded me of, uh, I used to play, um, God, play with um, like micro machines as a kid. And I remember when they came out with the star Trek and the star Wars micro machines. And I just thought me and my friends thought they were the coolest things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only problem is they weren't like all to scale. Like a star destroyer would be almost the same size as an yeah. X-wing. And but but I still loved those things, and I couldn't find them. And you like I remember even one time I was looking for some of them on eBay, and they're like fifty bucks a pack or something, or even more than that because they're so old. So when I saw these miniatures, I'm thinking, boy, even if I don't like the game, I still get this amazing, um, better than Micro Machines quality miniature, and it's gonna you know, and it's cheaper than it will cost me to get them on eBay. So it seemed like a you know a low risk situation because it was something from my past that I wanted. I mean, we all kind of, you know, grew up with Star Wars. So, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, it's rare to be even a little bit nerdy and not love Star Wars. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, Drew and I are both huge Star Wars fans. Yeah. yeah it's, it's And especially since they were, since everything if, from X-Wing, at least for the first couple of waves, was all original trilogy stuff. You know, it, it was like, you, you weren't going to turn anybody off. You weren't going to, you know, have, and it wasn't for many waves, so they started getting into the EU a little bit more and started pulling from the fringe. Uh, but all that stuff for the first couple of waves, the X-Wings, the A-Wings, the B-Wings, which was always my favorite ship. I, I, f- oh, I fell in love with that. But I think it was the Millennium Falcon model that, that really sold me on the game. Because uh, that's a, a, it's still one of the best models they've ever done. Yeah, it's the the quality that they put out is, and I said something similar to Drew when I got started. I got I said the same thing to my wife. I said, "I'm like, listen, if I don't like this game, worst case scenario, I got some really cool little decorations for my desk at work." Absolutely, I know a lot of people who who do that that don't even play the games, and the same thing goes with Armada, which is another game. I'm not sure if you've if you've played that one yet, but it's just the same thing. It's just running the star destroyers and the capital ships, and so if X-wing is a dogfight, Armada is like doing the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Right, and and those are really great. It's the same type of the same sculpt artists and the same paint, the same just the same overall quality. Like Fantasy Flight Games has just amazing miniatures. They're one of the top miniature games uh, or companies that manufacture miniatures. So anything coming out of them is going to be amazing. And so it's just so nice that you know a company like this ended up with that license. Yeah. So what uh, aside from from X Wing and Armada? What are some of your top tabletop games? Like, what, oh boy. what mechanics do you like? What are what are like your top ones that you'll just? I, like play I can on? I can tell you what I don't like. I'm not a big fan usually of Euro games. Uh, I like more Ameritrash stuff. I am very turned on. Like, if it has miniatures, I'm ten times more likely to like it. So uh, I, I started off when I when I first started getting into board games. A friend of mine. Um, 
you know, messaged me through the forums and it was a guy said, said, Hey, I said, you, you were saying you were looking for people. I was on the fantasy flight forums. He said, you're looking for people to play X-Wing with. Uh, turned out he lived like two blocks down the street from me. And now he's one of my best friends. But so we met up, we played a game of X-Wing. Then, um, like, two days later he's like hey you want to come over to my place this time i'll show you some different games and i was like oh different games i just like x-wing you know <laughs> and 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 so we played dominion which is a uh, deck okay. builder it's yep. one of the it's one of the fathers of you know the granddaddy of all deck builders right and i was thought i was like wow this is pretty cool because it reminded me of my teenage years playing magic the gathering yeah uh and i think a lot of people who are gamers now are if they didn't play magic the gathering they're at least familiar with it because that's just so big still big it blows me away how big it is today um so, but uh, yeah so i played dominion i really liked that um and on, honestly it, it, i liked it so much that most other deck builders um i'm not pleased with because to me it's like they're you know you don't compare to to the granddaddy you know i've, I've played a couple of deck builders that i like but most i don't like uh, but i like mostly miniatures games sometimes cooperative games like i like i love zombie side uh, and all the new versions like Black Plague, I think, is the perfect cooperative game. Uh, it's got great miniatures and it's so much fun. I even play it with my kids because it's a co-op, so I can kind of help guide them in what decisions to make because you know we're all going to live or die together. Um, but I, I like that sort of thing. Uh, but I'd say my favorite game type is, um, or at least my favorite game mechanic is like the social dis deduction, something like Werewolf or The Resistance where somebody is a traitor or a spy and we're all trying to figure out who that is because it gets the social interaction going and I really love that part. Yeah, I've got a game like that we haven't had a chance to play yet. The, uh, the uh, Batman game, Batman the Animated Series game based on the episode Almost Got Him. Oh really? Is that is that, I know they had a Batman love letter. That yeah, they, had, they had no. This is a completely its own thing. It's similar to Werewolf by Night. Um, okay, but it's based around a poker game mechanic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the episode of the animated series. No, no, I'm not. It's basically just like the the villains are sitting around a poker table telling their stories of how they almost got Batman, um. and little do they know Batman is actually disguised as one of them. And reveals himself at the end of the episode. And so the game is trying to figure out who is Batman. Oh, that's brilliant. I like that. I like that a lot. That sounds like that would be fun. It it does sound fun. We haven't had a chance to play yet, because I think a minimum is six players. And our game nights uh, average between like four and five normally. I see. Yeah, that's that 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 is a problem with a lot of games like that. Like Werewolf, so I've never played Werewolf, even though it's one of my favorite game types. Um, and because usually it takes like 30, you know, 12, 15, 30, 40 players to play a game of Werewolf. And so many people that I know, like they're not, here in Orlando, there's a lot of a lot of game companies and a lot of game designers start out of here and there's just there's like a game store on every block it's it's actually an amazing town to live if you're a board gamer but uh so many friends that i've come to meet here that are into board games hate playing werewolf because it's got that single player elimination uh and nobody wants to play an hour-long game where within the first two minutes the first they could be killed minutes, yeah yes so usually it's only played at conventions and i has actually had the opportunity to work for asmodee and uh at this one here called dice tower con and i was going to play werewolf but they didn't start it until 11 p.m at night and i you know would get off at six and i would by them i was so tired i'm like i don't think i could stick around for five hours and then start gaming because it would go until yeah. like eight in the morning 
and uh, yeah, it was it was rough. So I ended up not even being able to st- do it. If I was about ten or fifteen years younger, I would have been oh, able definitely. to do it, no problem. Yeah. Or if I was staying at the hotel, but it's hard to justify a hotel when you live, you know, twenty minutes down the road. But, uh, <laughs> so let me ask you: this, with the you mentioned that you prefer Ameritrash over over Euro games, is it? The because I'm again I'm sort of the same way. For me, it's that a lot of times the Euro games don't have the visual appeal, and that's exactly. what hooks me first. Is that's, a good that, visual. Nine times out of ten, that's it. Um, there's I do love good components. There are some games that don't have minis that have nice components, and that's definitely a plus for me. I I'm not a big fan of little wooden cubes. Uh, so if your game has little wooden cubes in it, I'm probably not going to like it. But there have been a couple of minor exceptions. But uh, the other problem I have with a lot of Euro games is that it feels like everybody's just trying to like maybe build an engine, do worker placement, and everybody's just playing their own game. And there's so many games like that that are very popular, but where there's not a whole lot of interaction. It doesn't have to necessarily be cutthroat, but I would just love to see more gameplay that you know that's you know interactive like oh well like i i like i like settlers of Catan, even though that is pretty much a euro game i think it's about as euro as they get yeah. um, but it has so much player interaction whether it's the trading or you know oh, i'm gonna block off your road it's very involved with the rest of the people at the table i don't like you know some of these euro games where we're all just you know gaining resources and we're all building our own stuff like if everybody has their own board it's probably not very fun for me because i yeah i could just play that solitaire you know, and if I can just play it by myself, then what do I need you for? You know, but granted, sometimes it's okay to do that. But I just I like to know that going forward. So if I'm learning a new game and it turns out we never interacted with each other, I might be a little disappointed. So i i might I might have a recommendation for you because it's kind of a bridge between Euro games and Ameritrash. Have you ever heard of Red Raven games? Red Raven Games doesn't ring a bell to me right off the top of my head. It's, what have um, they done? They've done uh, City of Iron, Islebound. So uh, I have heard of City of Iron. My friend, so uh, my friend David, his is a major, major board gamer, and so I, there's a lot of games. I, I'd only own probably about. 20 or 30 game board games that are non Star Wars related not and some of them are real small you know so yeah. but uh, but he has you know hundreds and he's he's sold you know more than he even has he's got closets and walls you know wall-to-wall kind of board games so he has suggested City of Iron to me numerous times I just have not gotten around to yeah, it I would I would definitely second his suggestion because it sounds like our tastes are very similar and City of Iron is my current favorite table really game. Yeah, have you played um, Scythe? I have not played Scythe. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Oh, uh, because um, it's, it's, it's like, it seems like it's a bridge too. I, yeah, but I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, no, no, it's, it's it seems a little bit of a bridge between. It's got Euro elements, yeah. but it's also area control. So you're going to definitely have some some player interaction that way. C- but, City they, of Iron, but the components are gorgeous. Oh yeah, I've seen them like steampunk mech. Type. Oh, it's, it's it's amazing. It's yeah, yeah. Um, City of Iron is is there is an engine building component to it, but there is also a deck building component to it. Oh, and okay, it's okay. How you kind of want? It's one of those games where there's numerous paths to victory. All right. Like, do you want to go through diplomacy or do you want to go through military? It's it's really like it takes you a couple times to figure out how you want to go about playing the game. And there's four different factions you can choose from and different factions have different strengths. 
One is good with engineering. Another one's good, you know, strong in military. Another strong okay. in diplomacy. So it's kind of all in, what, in how you want to go. So I would definitely, definitely recommend City of Iron. I will definitely take that as a recommendation. I will bump it up in my uh, internal priority list. Uh, it sounds to me, though, like a type of game you'd probably want to play through like once or twice before you have an understanding like i yes. i feel yes. like a lot of those type of games it takes me longer to to process it and digest it and to say okay i understand this game now it's it's relatively easy like your first playthrough like with any tabletop game is going to be longer because there's a lot of options you have on your turns so but once you get an idea of what does what playthroughs go pretty quickly it's probably about a 45 minute to an hour game once you well, that's not bad. understand how everything works yeah that's see I, I feel i felt like that with the it was a new game from asmodee that i was actually teaching at dice tower con called dice forge and it's a dice crafting game yeah i saw your your video on that and it's right, right. show up in stores around here it had yeah it just recently came out but that's one that's not it's not exactly ameritrash but it does have nice components yeah. um the other card art is really nice the dice are pretty cool and people like that you're you know you're you're built building your own dice because some people don't like the randomness of a die well that's you know you can mitigate that by building your own die but it's it's the dice are your engine also so it's definitely got engine building but it took me a couple of playthroughs and I was like, ah, I'm not so crazy about this game. I was on the fence with it and then playing it over and over again and or teaching it to other people over and over again. I started to come up with new, new strategies. And, and so I think by like maybe the eighth or ninth playthrough, I started to fall in love with this game and I felt bad that they made me send the game back to them after the convention was over. Uh, so I'm going to probably have to go pick one, pick up my own copy of that game because I really started to like it. And I was like, well, maybe that's the problem with some of these games is that it just, it, they're so in depth that it takes much longer, you know, to to learn them. And since I came into the board game scene later than so many of my friends, like I know people who've been playing, you know, tabletop games uh, since the the nineteen eighties, and they were, you know, games that are classics to them. Like I've never even played, you know, and yeah. and so and so they all these games that you know, like all right, we're going to teach you, um, goodness, uh, uh, Twilight Imperium. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's play it. And they, and they only want to play it one time because they, you know, like they've played every game a, a thousand times already. So they don't want to, you know, play the same game more than once a year because you know they've got a, you know. But for me, I would need to play it like maybe four or five times before I really felt as comfortable with the game yeah. as other people do. And that's the that's the downfall of coming in soon. So I think it's definitely advantageous to like stick with a you know, a, a, a relatively smaller library of games when you're getting into it and, and, and play those a couple of times and really, you know, get comfortable with them. And then little by little introduce a new game. Because when I first got into it, it was a brand new game every time. I never played the same game twice for the first like three or four months. And it was frustrating because I felt every time I was sitting down, I had to learn a new game. And I wasn't going to understand it like until the end. I'm like, and a lot, sometimes I would win and I didn't even knew that I won. Like, you know, I'm like, why? I didn't even feel like I was winning. I had no idea what I was doing, and I won. So it doesn't even feel satisfying when that happens. I did that the first time we played Seven Wonders. Oh, I, great game. I great won game. simply by having a massive pile of money in front of me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, sure. But yeah, I really like that game, too. Um, so let's move on to your, your YouTube channel. What, how did that start? When, when, uh, when did that come about? Oh boy, that's uh, that's that's a little bit of a longer story, but um, 
for the, the simple answer is it started from me just watching other YouTubers. There was um, there was a YouTube channel out there for X Wing. Once it's like because once I started, once I watched Will Wheaton, that's what really started it. And then I started looking for more X Wing videos, and I and there weren't that many. Uh, and I found myself like just watching the same battles. Like like I think there was only maybe three people doing YouTube videos when I first started um, for X Wing, and one of them had stopped. Like this it was a guy called X Wing Tactics or something like that. Um, and he taught me a lot of just basic stuff about like flying Tie Fighters in formation, and uh, you know he did like twelve videos, and that was it. And he never did another one. And I was like, man, I really wish there was more of this because this is gold. And uh, and so that's kind of why I started. But I had already had the YouTube channel because I, um, God, like I don't know. I, I started off making. I have uh, you know picking up a guitar and just playing on YouTube for fun. And there was this silly little flash video called uh, "Look at My Horse," and I did this cover of this song. And it's a ridiculous. It's just a nonsense, stupid song. And, and are you? Are you? I, I, have you heard of this song? Uh, or this? I am familiar with "Look at My Horse." Because yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yes, yeah, and it, yeah, and it tastes just like raisins, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, so I did a cover of this, and it blew up, and it got so many hits that I got an email from Google saying, hey, you're eligible for monetization. I'm like, what ah. the hell is monetization? You know, because a guy hit the 10,000 view threshold or something that usually doesn't happen for, you know, just people who put their home movies on there and stuff. Um, and so they're like, oh, well, you could make money off of this video. And it was getting like 10,000. It ended up getting like 50,000 hits. But they said, because I, I filled out the form wrong and I said, well, it's, it's not really my song. You are allowed to monetize covers. But I, I worded it like so strangely that they said, hey, you know what? We're just going to err on the side of caution. You can't monetize this video. And I was thinking, dang, that stinks. So then once the X-Wing thing started picking up, um, you know, I eventually was able to make a little bit of money off of it. But it wasn't, you have to make $100 before they'll send you a check. So it took me, I don't know, like a year or, or, or so before I got my first check. But it was like, oh my gosh, I could spend this on more X-Wing stuff. <laughs> so, so it ended up being, uh, you know, a hobby that ended up helping me out with another hobby. That's pretty cool. So let's, let's, let's dive into the galaxy far, far away. All right, with, let's do with X-wing. I'm, I'm noticing now you're kind of your videos have been primarily focusing on Armada. Yes, they have. I, I I think that's because I've well, for one, I've been playing more Armada lately. Um, I was heavily involved in an X-wing league. I actually started like a whole uh, Facebook group. Uh, down here in Orlando, and a whole like, uh, and would turn into a, an X-wing league every Thursday, and I was, uh, I was doing it all, like nonstop until the third baby came. You know, and mentioned uh, how the kids take a toll on your time because uh, my other two kids were old enough that I didn't have to be around as much anymore because they were at the age where they're playing Xbox with each other and just didn't require quite as much attention. And and I loved that because they were playing with each other and it was easier for me to get out. Um, and then when the baby came, that just kind of reset the equation so it's harder for me to get out. And I could only get out like once a week now as far as being able to go and play games. And... So I had to stop the X-wing league, and it was this was this wasn't long after I think the Imperial Veterans and the Ghost expansion came out, um, and after that point, I think I've been I've gotten out of touch with at least the competitive scene in X-wing. I mean, I have friends who are still, and I still occasionally go and play, but I, I feel like I was a little more out of touch with X-wing, whereas Armada. Um, 
it was easier for me. Like, I don't know if, if it was just maybe the way the engine works, but I have had so much more success with Armada. Like, I'll usually I have no problem winning most tournaments that I go to, even if I don't bring mo- the most serious list. Um, just because i mean not all like i i didn't do well in store championships uh so it, it definitely happens but I, i've had more success like I, i'll pick a bad list on purpose and still win an awful lot um, a lot a lot an awful lot more than i i probably should and so i don't know if that's just i've been really really lucky or maybe my brain just works you know is in sync with the way armada works but i've had so much more success with that and i love that it's less random the next wing because you don't have defense dice in armada so you know like you actually have to it's so much more strategic and i i, I liken it to if x-wing is checkers then armada is chess um the, so that's that's definitely one one thing that's kind of pushed me towards doing that more uh and i think the other thing is that x-wing has gotten to a point where it's had so much success that they're it's overwhelming like how many different ships are out there like like and i need to probably update my uh my like what to buy videos but um but there's just there's so much like literally if you want to make a ship fly backwards there's going to be you know a permutation of of ships and pilots and expansions and upgrades and stuff that you can that you can throw together that can make a ship do literally anything you can think of you know and there 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 literally is like you know almost infinite combinations and so it's it makes it it makes it really hard to you know to say oh you know this is um the first pilot that can do this and then somebody will always will always correct me and be like no 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 this if you did this and if you put this talent on this guy with these torpedoes and this astromech you could do that you know as of six months ago and i'm like well well, dang, it's, it's, it, is, it is information overload in that game right now, it feels like. And, and, and Armada's in a much more comfortable spot because it's only got, you know, it just had its sixth wave out where X-Wing has had its 11th wave. And not only that, but X-Wing has had basically twice the amount of content because for at least for the first five or six waves, every, every wave, each faction got two ships. Whereas in Armada now they're only doing one ship per wave, so it's it's a much slower release schedule, and I think they're starting to do that with X-wing as well, which is honestly better for everybody because it's better on your pocketbook, you know, since you don't have to buy as much. But it's also better as far as the health of the game. You know, they, if they do two ships every, you know, three or four months, which they were for a little while, um, they're going to run out of ships, and then they're going to have to start inventing new ships. Yeah. I think so that's, that's a problem. It's it's interesting to me because when I was deciding to get into one or the other, Armada was the more appealing because I'm a I think like you mentioned, it's a much more strategic game and that appealed to me more, but it was just the price point of Armada. When I broke it down, I was like I can buy one Armada ship or I can buy two to three X Wing ships for the same price. Usually you can sometimes like the sales, like the really good, like the clearance sales end up being very close to the same price. But I, I, some people have argued and I kind of get on board with this, uh, that Armada is cheaper in a different way because there's so few ships that like, if you're a completionist, if you're going to be like the type of person, when you dive in, you go all in on a game. Well, it's much easier to get everything for Armada because X-Wing just has, you know, like three times as much content or maybe maybe four or five times as much content out there so you'll end up spending probably the same plus the huge ships which are way more expensive than armada you know they if you for the epics epic games which is uh, which is my favorite way to play x-wing by the way i just actually picked up 
the tan of four okay and my wife got me the imperial raider for father's day oh beautiful so i've got a friend that i play with at least once a week and we're working on our first epic ships and getting ready to play our first epic game so i will let me warn you that before you start to play epic uh that epic is best as a casual format because people figured out not long after epic started becoming a thing that for 300 points which is the standard for an epic game it's just more cost effective to put a whole bunch of y wings with twin laser turrets you see you get guaranteed damage you know and that's and that's kind of like the winning formula for 300 points because you're oh you'll be able to have like i think something like 10 10 war 12 y wings each with the twin laser turrets and that's like a guaranteed 24 damage you know so you could just shut anything down you'd be like all right we're gonna kill your we're gonna kill your raider this turn and now we're gonna you know kill two or three of your ships you know guaranteed you know so it's so when people do that it's just not fun like i don't that's not fun for anybody the game isn't even fun and for me like like i like to just pick what ships i want to fly first and then add up the points second and then you know add or subtract as there but i want it to look cool on the table that's why i play these games like i probably wouldn't play these games if they didn't have the miniatures because you can just you know you can put the bases on the table and just fly around find little squares around in space but that wouldn't be fun yeah no no we're definitely we keep it casual um so that's good that's what you need to do we're excited (laughs) about getting together for our first epic game at some point um but yeah like it's it's interesting to see like you mentioned with armada how there's less out there it's kind of interesting with um with x-wing because when i first got into it i said to you know drew laughed at me when i mentioned i was thinking about getting into it and i mentioned it to my wife i'm like this is what i'm getting this first and foremost to kind of have a fun game to play with my friends and I'm going to buy, you know, Rebel and Imperials. I'm going to hold off on Scum. And then I'll just bring what I have to our game nights or to whatever. And then also I looked at it like down the road. I'm like, this is something my son might really enjoy doing with me. So I'll have this for him set aside. And it just, mm, yes, it's like, that's... It's, it's like, you know, that have you seen that comic where it's the father playing with the son and yes, I think I know the one you're talking set, about. And the wife is like, hmm, corset, that sounds like something where expansions are. And then the next panel is just an entire room mistakes full of were made. mistakes were made. Yes. Sir, I am at the mistakes were made phase. Yes, it's. Uh, I, I see. I disagree with that, though, because those aren't mistakes. You get no, to keep God, those no. things forever. It, it's a blast. Yeah, and, and, and and Fantasy Flight Games has a long-term plan for this game, too, so it's not like it's going to go away. And it's so popular right now that even if they did somehow maybe lose the license or discontinued X-Wing, um, it would continue. There's yeah. there's a good enough community that there would be, you know, um, maybe there would still be expansions. Like, I played a game when I was much younger called uh, Star Trek Customizable Card Game by a company called Decipher. They also had a Star Wars Customizable Card Game, but the Star Trek was clearly the better game. And Decipher ended up going away, and um, there was a website, and it still exists to this day, called the Continuing Committee. And what they do is they organize tournaments, and they 
design their own expansions for this game and they you know they they play test them and then they release them in pdf format for people to print out their own cards and use them in meetups this way they're using you know everybody's on the same sheet of music and and i think that same type of thing would happen with x-wing if that you know if it were to go away because it's just it's so popular it's it's not only is it popular it's it's just incredibly fun to play and i think if it doesn't have that then it then like star wars is a great brand to have but the brand alone is not going to sustain something that's not a quality product right so I look think at it, i think look at the, like games like withers of the coasts uh, used to have star wars games there's yeah and some of it it, it has to have both it yeah. has to have quality and it has to have the ip to get the draw and i think what what fantasy flight did and you convey this very well in your unboxing videos, is the unboxing in and of itself is a fun experience. Sitting down with that new ship and getting it out of the box and just like kind of setting it on stand and going through those cards and starting to formulate in your head, okay, how am I going to use this? How's this going to work? Where's this going to fit in? Do you know what I wish they would do? Is I wish they would stop... (laughs) And, and and I I don't know if I said I kind of wish that they would almost release an expansion that had no preview, so this way like it comes out and you honestly don't know what's inside because every wave they usually spoil almost every card. Sometimes there's a single card that's unspoiled, um, but you know for somebody like me who you know is always on on the forums and always you know connected, you know I'm always lurking, so there's no way I could even avoid the spoilers if I wanted to. Um, Plus, like it's kind of my, you know, it's kind of my brand to go out there and talk about what's what's coming. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, but but I remember when I first got into the game, because um, I, I didn't join right at the launch. I joined around wave three, and so when when I would order an expansion, and like I ordered a couple online and some I bought locally. Like I remember opening that first B wing and being like, oh, what's going to come in here? Oh, we've got cannons, we've got yep. you know all this other cool stuff, and 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 I had no idea, and I was like, oh, I could fly this way i could put this on there oh i could put this on this other ship you know and those they thinking of all the different combinations it was like it was like christmas and it was amazing yeah and just i mean learning about the ships and finding what works and i think that kind of brings us to a conversation on the meta oh yeah that's 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 a bad word the, the, <laughs> well the not game, really the game itself is extremely easy to learn and the base Definitely. mechanics of the game are what I think keep you coming back that that moment of excitement between when you let the dice out of your hand and when you see what they are on the pad the meta the game within the game i'm fascinated to see how it's changed over the waves let me kind of give you an example of sure of where i started about roughly three months ago so this is my first new wave the only to give you an example of the mistakes are made panel. The only ships I'm missing from Imperials are the Upsilon shuttle, and the only ship I don't have for the Rebels is the Ghost. So you've caught, you've had a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, I've wow. caught up a lot, and now I'm starting to work my way into scum and villainy. Okay, and I've noticed that. You know, as I watch older videos in comparison to newer videos, that my squad building has kind of naturally gone through what the meta has gone through. Well, I think if you've come into it more recently, um, 
like one of the things that X-Wing is starting to experience is power creep. And like and for if somebody if anybody's not familiar with power creep, that just means as new expansions come out, you know, new new products get more and more powerful to where the original products aren't as good and don't compare very much anymore. And the example here is that the original X-Wing, you know, Luke Skywalker in Red 5 um, was awesome when the game first launched. Yeah. Uh, now he is like nobody flies him I've anymore because he's. Him. Yeah, and he's actually he's not that bad. The problem is everything else they're coming out with is so much better. Yeah. Another my, my my favorite example is the B wing. It's my like I said, it's my favorite ship in Star Wars. Always has been. I always thought it looked really really cool. It looked like a sword flying through space. Right when I was a little kid watching uh, Return of the Jedi, I was just like, that is so cool. And plus the toy had the gyroscopic yep. cockpit on it, so it was, it was awesome. I and mean, I never had the toy either. That was like one of the you know well, a few I never even got to play with, but I but I saw other people having it, and I was so jealous. Drew will laugh at this. Um, Drew, I, oh, I, I had the toy. Do you? Good. Of course I wish you I had did. the toy. I was. I would if I, I could find one. Like I, I check I had a like um, spoily grandmother as a child. You're fortunate, sir. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. <laughs> but and I mean that genuinely. It wasn't, it wasn't a good thing, sir. Later in life, that 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 doesn't help you develop good work ethic or anything. <laughs> Trust me. Well, there's pros and cons, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like the B wing is my favorite ship, but it's kind of garbage now because for almost the same points, you know, get this, you know, the Skurg, which just came out, and it's completely, it completely trumps the B wing. It's got way more more hit points it has way more upgrades and capabilities and newer pilots that can do amazing things and if you look at the pilots that came with the b-wing they're just not as good you know and and then even like in the they they tried to upgrade the b-wing in rebel aces uh, a couple years ago and even the newer up newer b-wing pilots just don't cut it you know and that's one of the reasons is because like the b-wing was great at the time because it had three attack three attack dice and they thought the three attack dice was going to be oh the 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 ultimate because like they even made an hwk 290 with only one attack die and then they realized that there was power creep and then they said oh well we'll never make another one attack die ship now two is going to be the lowest Uh, and then then there were ships with four attack dice and i imagine one day we'll see ships with five attack dice Uh, probably it's it's funny because like how new players kind of move through the meta and for maybe those of you listening who may not fully understand what we're talking about here meta is kind of game within the game strategy within the game to to give you an edge and like i met up i was introduced to a, a local x-wing group here in buffalo and i was i was surprised to see that there is a thriving community here in buffalo for x-wing if i wanted to i could be out playing x-wing almost every night of the week because it's a very well maintained group they say okay this night there are games at this game store yes Uh, this night there are games at this game store here's the tournament schedule there's communication within the group they're all they all seem to be really cool people um, and one of my early nights when I went there, it, like people were saying like, oh, B-Wings are no B- good, B-Wings are no good. And I, I looked at my, I've got the Aurora squad builder on my, on my mobile. And I was like, okay, let me try this. So I had a two B-Wing and an ARC squad. Mm-hmm. I put out there and a one. Now, granted, I'll be the first to admit I was rolling hot. There yes, was, like, sometimes, sometimes that happens. And yeah. so, but I think. 
And again, this may be a difference between where where your perception of the meta is at as someone who's been in it for a couple of years now to where my perception of the meta is at. I think B-Wings are viable, but only in a tank build. Like, you well, can't it, have just one B-Wing. There's got to be at least two B-Wings and something else tankier. Just really solid, hard-hitting punching. We, there's Well, there's different types of meta, too. And, like, there's the national or the world, the global meta of what's, like, what's going to win worlds and what were the top eight squadrons at worlds. Oh, for a while, it was all uh, Jumpmaster 5000s. And it, that was the only thing people were flying. And so, like, six of the top eight were all, you know, triple scouts you know with torpedoes and that was that was the meta but there's also the local meta because while that was going on and everybody was flying jump masters in our league here in orlando we only had one person that brought jump masters and they brought only brought two so we never we didn't have a single person yeah. copying the national meta uh, or the worldwide meta and, and 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 you know and doing the same things because you know like people will build to counter the meta and then all of a sudden then you have to counter the counter and then you know and then somebody you know walks in with you know something unexpected and just wins everything that maybe it shouldn't have won but yeah so that's and that's that's really complex in x-wing right now because there's so many things and you know there's like i said there's a ship that can do just about anything and so it's uh it's it's very interesting and that's one of the reasons i like armada so much more because is, i i don't want to say there is no meta but the meta is wide open like any single you know just about any build you can have can can win um we just had store championships um though i just went to this past weekend and there were no duplicate builds i like not even not even close i'm going to go ahead and say there were two builds that did feature a, a single imperial star destroyer um but that's as close as they got like there was no there were nobody nobody was even close to having the same exact build as somebody else and i and i thought that was amazing you know so I, i'm very i was very, very i'm very very pleased with that and that's that's what i wanted for this game too and that was another reason i used to do x-wing so much more is that when armada was younger there were so few ships that you would go to a tournament and every every table would look the same because not because they were copying each other but there was only like three or four ships out for a while and it took a while for that game to get going and now i feel like it's in its prime whereas x-wing is starting to become a little oversaturated so i would like to you know i'm glad that they're slowing down the rate of stuff that they're pumping out um at least a little bit because you know it's it's more sustainable if you can if you don't have to put out quite so much product I, I think it would be really cool if Fantasy Flight uh, for X-Wing came out with expansions that were not ships, per se, but like a pack of pilots for older ships. Oh, I would love that, too. Um, they had done that with Armada, as a matter of fact, so they definitely have the set the precedent, because uh, Armada had this campaign, and it was just you know new cards that you use your existing models for and this and in the case of armada it was for squadrons but there's no reason they couldn't do that for the ships as well and there's really no reason they couldn't do that for x-wing um i think it would be i think it would be amazing do you see them introducing scum into armada anytime soon not at all because they have so many scum ships uh that are included in the squadrons okay. and the scums don't really have a lot of capital ships there are a couple 
but not enough to justify an entire faction in Armada. And I, I wouldn't want that type of game balance anyway. The closest we might get is sub-factions, I think. Some people have wanted a lot of Clone Wars era ships, and I could see, you know, the, um, you know, the Republic uh, being a, a sub-faction of probably the Empire, uh, and... I could see maybe the, maybe like, um, you know, Grievous's ships and the, and the Separatists becoming a sub-faction of the Rebels. Uh, and, and even though that's not entirely thematic in some of the books, because I read a lot of the, the new canon books, and in the early days of the Empire, there were a lot of cases of the Empire still using Republic ships, like the uh, Venator Star Destroyers, or Venator, however you pronounce it, and uh, like uh, Cham Syndulla in the early days of the Rebellion, using a lot of, um, you know, uh, vulture droids and and tri fighters and a yeah. lot of the a lot of that sort of thing. So there's and, and that's in multiple books too. So that's definitely a thing within Star Wars. So I think it could be thematic, but there can also be some, um, gosh, what do they call it? Like some licensing problems with that. I had heard a rumor a while back that uh, that Clone Wars era stuff was kind of off limits for X Wing, and it may also be off limits for Armada, just because of I don't know maybe maybe Milton Bradley or some, you know, there, you know, there were used to, it was a game called Epic Duels. And maybe, the, you know, I could see in the same way that Marvel sold off some of its rights years ago, um, there could be some Star Wars rights that belong to other companies for the prequel games, you know, okay. so that I imagine that is probably the case, but I'm only, I'm only guessing here. I want to put that out there. Uh, but, you know the way the way companies have tended to sell off rights in the past and kind of doom the future of their of their great company. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that happened with Star Wars. So, what do you think of the the new wave of ships that have come out for both X Wing and Armada? So, uh, I've done a lot more Armada X-Wing. stuff, but yeah, Wave Eleven for X Wing is um, I, I, it feels like a power creep wave for me in some ways, like the the Havoc or the Skurg, I should say. Um, I'm not happy with it because it seems, I guess, an amazing ship and it's beautiful, but I feel like it's, well, people were running triple jump masters for a while. It's like, yeah. it's too good. And I feel like all the scum players now, like and when we see worlds, I bet you we're going to see a lot of triple Skurg or, or triple, um, yeah, Skurg H6 bomber builds because they're just so, you know, they have so much hull. It's like so hard to kill one. And, and when you've only got, you know, a 60 minute round or so, you're, you, you know, somebody's not going to be able to kill all of your ships. And if you put torpedoes on them, so that that first range three shot, they don't get their extra die. And then when you're up close, you're rolling your extra die. You know, you, they have so much firepower. And then plus all the bombing shenanigans you can do. And there's so many good bombs now that bypass shields. You know, you can do all of that. It's just, there's a lot of ways to get guaranteed damage out of them. Uh, and guaranteed damage definitely speeds up the game. But, uh, and then, I don't know, I think that's, I think that's the all-star of this build. The, uh, the Wookiee uh, gunship, the Ozatuck, seems very mediocre to me. Uh, but there's a lot of big boosts there, so um, I, I felt for a long time that looking at this stuff that it was a major boost to bigs, uh, while at the same time also having a lot of cards that seem to work well with Epic, so it also makes me wonder if there's any more huge ships in the works, because a lot of stuff in this wave has synergy with a lot of the huge ships, so I kind of have hope that they're going to do more with Epic, but I also have my my theory and my wish list. My greatest wish list for X Wing is that they'll do a ground game, 
I want that so bad. I want to I, because out of all the Star Wars stuff that they do, one of the most iconic things from Star Wars is the Adat, the Adat Walker, and they they don't have a game that has an actual decent quality Adat miniature in it. The closest they have is Rebellion, which is amazing, but the Adat's very very tiny. Yeah. It's like the size of a quarter. So like, who does who wouldn't want a big old Adat walking on their table? Like, I mean. Oh, it would just be beautiful, and and I can't believe they haven't done something like that yet. I'm not going to lie, sir. I bit hard on your April Fool's Day video. Oh my goodness! Did I you really saw the post? I was like, no, I want this, but not now. I'm just buying, getting into X Wing stuff. Well, it wouldn't be so bad if it was compatible. I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. One of my best friends, um, like only watched the first half and didn't like because i tried to make it kind of like if you stay if you watch till the end you saw me kind of laugh about it a little bit so i tried to make it a little bit obvious but yeah i got a couple of people with that yeah and i'm definitely fight with his wife over it because he was in a bad mood for the rest of the day he didn't watch it all the way to the end (laughs) oh oh, boy yeah i have to be careful i don't know but i mean but then if you're too careful you're like disclaimer this is this is a fake video and then it doesn't you know yeah. Then it doesn't get anybody. Exactly. So it's hard to find the balance there. So as we're coming to the end here, let's discuss a little bit of episode eight. Oh, let's uh, do that. The, uh, the TIE silencer was uh, announced and released and whatnot. Um, it's, it shows you how much I've gotten into X-Wing because previously, before getting into this game, my first thoughts were, man, that's going to look really cool on the screen. Now my mm. first thoughts were, man, I can't wait to see what that's going to do in X-Wing. Oh yes, uh, I, I think it's going to be amazing. I mean, I th- I hope it gives them a way to get like tight interceptors back. Like it, maybe it'll come with something that you know really enhances the arc dodging aspect of the Empire because that was a really a fun thing. You know, now there's so many so much guaranteed damage that nobody flies at tie interceptors anymore because still, you know, you load one up, get like twenty five or even thirty points on a soon tier fell, and somebody just drops, you know, a mine and hits you with twin laser turrets like two or three times and you just you're dead. You can't you you can't you can't stop it. You know. And and so it'd be really nice to see some more guaranteed damage prevention. Uh, although that might lead to longer games, uh, I think it might be a little more fun because it's fun to fly those fast ships and boost around, you know, boost out of somebody's firing arc and and, oh, yeah. and barrel uh, roll. I, I I tagged you in that post where last weekend I had a, a Jake Farrell in an A wing with intensity that lasted oh, yeah. by intensity and push the limit lasted by himself for one hour i saw that yes three ships a phantom an aggressor and a shuttle and he took at a certain point at a certain point you have to call the game though oh yeah it was just a casual game with with uh, my friend and he won the game but i i really won because he was just demoralized at the end of it it's it's amazing so uh, i'm looking forward to that in episode eight but i'm also really looking forward to that gunship uh that the resistance is going to have because i'm so confused when i look at that because in some shots it looks like a capital ship yeah and then it's and, and then in other in other framings of it it looks like it's just a large starfighter um, there's a book coming out based on it and it makes it seem like it says the pilots of it's about the pilots of the uh, of those ships and i'm like well, okay so if they just have a pilot that would kind of lean more towards starfighter for me and i'm kind of hoping it's in the middle because 
as a player of multiple, you know, Starship-based games, I would love for it to be small enough to maybe be a, a you know, an epic ship in X-Wing, but large enough to be in Armada. And if it's too small, I, I don't really like the way starfighters or squadrons are done in Armada. Um, I would rather it be more all about the big ships because they look cooler on the table. They you know, so it's for, just a visual thing. For the brief moment you see them in the trailer, they almost just look like a weapons platform. Yeah, I think they're going to be able to move, but I don't think they'll be able to move very fast. Yeah. You know, like, like I could potentially see it being a stationary uh, stationary ship, like like maybe it has a white stop maneuver in X-Wing. Like it could just it just stays put. Okay. You know, yeah. and I, I could see something something like that in theory if I'm just, you know, guessing, but um, I mean something like that could potentially work. I but I don't know if that would make it overpowered if you put it just in a put in a spot and let it sit there. But I'm really anxious to see kind of how big they really are. Um, I've looked at the Legos for them, but you can't use Lego as a justification, you know, because Lego makes a Star Destroyer the same size as the Millennium Falcon. So, you, you know, their sizings are never to scale. So you can't yeah. trust Lego. But yeah, definitely looking for it. And there's so many ground units that are going to be like, there's going to be a really nice Hoth style battle in Episode 8. It looks like, you know, with those walkers and then that those little sand skimmer looking, I don't even know what they're called yet, but those skimming things that were kicking up all the red dust on the planet. Drew, Drew uh, got a little scared because at first he thought they were pod racers. They did have a resemblance to that, didn't they? They, you know, they certainly did. They, they look very, really flimsy, though. They look like you wouldn't want to, you, you, you probably couldn't take a single hit, like a rock could potentially knock you out of balance <laughs> with those. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm really hoping for a ground game. I mean, my a friend of mine I talk to about it a lot says if they're going to make a ground game, it's going to be an all-new game, and they won't do that now because they just put out um, Rune Wars, and they're really trying to promote Rune Wars right now, and I could see that a Star Wars-based ground game might completely destroy yeah. Rune Wars if it were to come out right now. I can yeah, see I that. that. Yeah, I, and I get that. So I was like, well, but the problem is in any ground game, you're going to see X-Wings and TIE Fighters also because yeah. there's so many scenes where X-Wings are shooting uh, walkers. You see it in Rogue One. You yep. see it in the Battlefront games. You know, you see it in, in, in all of this. You see X-Wings involved in a ground battle in The Force Awakens also. And I'm sure it's just it's just part of, you know, you, any ground battle also has air support. Yeah. So if so. they do a ground game, they're gonna at some point they're gonna have to have X wings and Tie fighters and uh, and A wings and Y wing bombers and, and 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 all this stuff. And I'd hate to have to buy all those ships all over again. So it would be great if they made it compatible with X wing stuff and had some upgrades that would work across. You know, just like they have the epic format, have a ground format. I would I would just I would love that. I would love it, but I don't. I don't know. Amazing. It'll, it'll probably be a while. I don't. I don't know. I, I've had my hopes up for so long. I'm starting to lose hope. Yeah. No, it's. Um, we're both really excited to hear about episode eight and like the the behind the scenes video that came out. The way the oh, it looks great. are looking. Just it's it's a, it's a good good time to be a Star Wars fan. So, lastly, before we get you out of here, yes, just really quick. Can I get a squad critique? Okay. All right. So this is a this is a Wave Eleven influence squad. I've got two tie aggressors, both uh, senior specialists with twin laser turret and white la- lightweight frame. Okay. And then I've got Boba Fett 
with expertise, bomblet generator, tail gunner, and anti-pursuit lasers. What do you think? So you're running Boba Fett on the Empire side. Yes, so he can swap bank maneuvers if he chooses. Okay, so we've got Boba Fett. Um, Entire aggressors that have TLT and 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 modified frame, lightweight frame, yes, lightweight frame. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to put it into my squad builder in front of me real quick and just to take a look at it. Um, so I the think philosophy th- is jam Boba Fett up the middle, and then the aggressors perimeter pluck pluck away. Okay, so Boba Fett has what's his EPT? You said is it veteran instincts expertise. Expertise, that's a good one too. Um, it's it's tough when somebody's at a pilot skill eight because you're so close to hitting nine, you know, and if you could go for ten, it's this is a sweet spot. At least in my and, and now the here's where as we come into metas. Like if you like any time I've gone with a ten, I've had the guarantee of being able to move last. And if you're gonna change your maneuver with Boba Fett, you want to go a little bit you know, you want to make sure you're going to go last. So it's really stinks if they have a couple of pilot skill nines, you know, that like, like they've got maybe Darth Vader or Fen Rao yeah. or something like that. And then you're like, well, what's the point? You know, that would completely negate the benefit of Boba Fett. My, so, my logic with expertise is that it's one less action I have to worry about choosing from. Because it kind of, oh, no, ex- I don't, expertise is great. Yeah, it, it, I don't have to take great. focus because the fire spray has evade. So I don't necessarily need to worry about picking, should I pick focus or should I pick this? It kind of takes focus off the board. Sure, sure. No, well, I mean, I like the uh, I like the aggressors with twin laser turrets. You're getting you're getting your guaranteed damage in there. Lightweight frame. I mean, there and with five total hit points already, they're fairly survivable. They're a lot more survivable than you know than than your normal ties. So lightweight frame gives them a little bit more. So that's that's that much is good. Um, and they're pilot skill two, so you're going to be able to move block if you need to, and you'll be able to get your your focus, no problem. Um, Boba Fett's the only one I'm not crazy about right there. One of the reasons is fire sprays are just never flown, or at least I should say seldom flown. Um, what else did you say you had on him besides expertise? Bomblet generator. Oh, bomblet generator. Well, that requires two. The Andrasta title. Andrasta. Okay, okay. So All bomblet right. generator, tail gunner, and anti-pursuit mm-hmm. lasers. Okay. So I honestly would suggest um going for veteran instincts because of two reasons now because of his ability to be able to change directions and also for the bombs you really want to activate last so you can see um who's there all right so you can so you can see who's um let's see and a tail gunner let me throw tail gunner there tail gunner is actually pretty nice um and and if you're gonna go with uh with veteran instincts, you could even consider dropping one down to Kath Scarlet because she has that tail gunning. Um, no, that's I'm sorry, I'm getting her confused that's with the, the scum. scum I'm getting the scum version. Yes, you know she she's actually I think she's the better of the pilots in the in the scum version. But um, yeah, it's, it's just it, there's a, a big risk you're taking because you're you're counting that your opponent's not going to have any nines and at least. And if and if maybe if if around you in your local meta nobody's taking pilot skill nines, then that would be then this would be a, a very very solid way to go. But yeah, I've just seen too often there's nines are very very common around me. So if I were doing it, I would 
bump him up um, to pilot skill 10 with veteran instincts that would free up 10 more points and uh, then you uh, then you have a problem then you have to figure out what else you're going to do you could potentially um, you could potentially bump up your one of your ties to double edge and the cool thing about double edge is that if they uh, miss with the TLT then they get an extra shot so all right that's that's an option. There you go. They and then you still have one point floating for the EPT there on double edge too, so you can give him a crack shot or uh, or something like that, uh, or veteran instincts for him as well. Or or I'll I'll do one more. Is that trick shot can be pretty nice on a turret because I this love trick shot. Yeah, and I mean it's free. Free EPTs are great. It's paid for itself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's well. It's it's it, it's you don't use it at all. It's still paid for itself. Yeah. This is zero point. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason. We have got so many zero point EPTs now. It's no reason not to. If anything you can put a zero point upgrade in, put it in. Yeah. Even if you don't use it, you'd lost nothing. Yeah. So well, there you go. Tim, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us some time. Uh, please, by all means, tell the people where they can find you and where they can find your work and everything you do. Absolutely. Um, I have a website called crabock.com, and that has links to everything else where you can find my YouTube channel. My, my YouTube username is crabock. I do Star Wars videos, whether it's talking about the latest rumors for the movies, uh, spoiler stuff. I always give spoiler warnings so you don't have to worry about me accidentally spoiling something. But I also talk a lot about X-Wing, Armada, Imperial Assault, Destiny even a little bit, and I do other board game reviews as well. I have some Kickstarter stuff coming in soon. I'm going to be uh, going to be doing those. I'm probably going to be out of the net for the next three weeks because i'm going to go to kansas city for work and try to get some games in in the local scene up there uh so i won't have quite as many videos coming out for the next three weeks but i've got a special oh i'll tell you guys this too i have a special thing planned up here pretty soon i'm going to be doing an interactive game of armada where you have to successfully fly a Karelian corvette uh, and get it from point A to point B, and you'll be making the decisions uh, on YouTube and clicking where you what you want to do, and and see kind of like one of those old choose your own adventure books. So that will be coming up in the next month or so. So you're nice. the first one to hear about that. Um, but yeah, so crabock.com uh, and uh, YouTube username crabock. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, all both under crabock. That's C R A B B O K, and uh, and that's about it. All right, sir. Thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you. And hopefully maybe one day you and I can meet up on the uh, the playmat battlefield and exchange some weapons fire all in the name of galactic peace. We'll slam our dice against each other like <laughs> champions. All right. Alrighty, absolutely. Thank, thank you guys sir. for having me. You have a wonderful day. All right. That was our interview with Tim Bailey, a.k.a. Krabbeck. Uh, we definitely appreciate Tim's willingness to come on the show and his um, his willingness to go a little over. We were originally aiming for about uh, half an hour to 45 minutes, but as you folks just heard, it went a little longer than that. We thanked him very much for allowing us that um, and you know sharing his passion with us. We we are a show about Daredevil, yes, but we are we are also a show about. Uh, passions and things we love and we're going to talk about those at different points and as I've mentioned before and as Drew's mentioned before we're kind of in this you know this gap between uh, you know Daredevil season 2 and Defender so we we can do some fun one-off stuff like this so big thanks to him go check him out on his YouTube channel and his, his Twitter you know give him a follow he's a good guy 
And if you like gaming, he's a good guy to follow. So that being said, if you'd like to follow us, send us questions, suggestions, comments on the show. You can do so at the following social media outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. And you can also find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Drew, any uh, any last thoughts? Uh no. I need a nap. <laughs> so uh I'm still a little can you get jet lagged in the same time zone? I think yes. Travel, travel. I think by its definition, no. But you, you can just say you're tired. And I'll tell you what: booking through an airport, dealing with you know, slow humans who don't understand the concept of the moving sidewalk. Uh, it it can wear on you. It would yeah. definitely tire you out. So if, I'm gonna- if there's one thing I've I've talked about this with Julie, if there's one thing that I think people in this world nowadays struggle with the most, it's environmental awareness. Yeah. Not being aware of what's going on around you and also not caring what's going on around you. Yeah. Let me tell you about the security line sometime. (laughs) Anyway. No, I'm good, man. Were you selected for a random? No, no, no. Security was fine. (laughs) People in the line, though. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So maybe you want to hang out and play a game of X-Wing after... I, I I might pass out. It's fun. It's relaxing. I don't need to be relaxed right now. I'll make you coffee. I'm already relaxed. All right. <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope to have you back next week. Our numbers are growing. Thank you so much for that. Keep sharing, man. Keep sharing. Share new episode announcements. Retweet us. Share us, please. We appreciate it. Uh, so, Andrew, court is adjourned.